the ultimate divine plan. Or the divine plan. This is the title of our message. Today's message comes from Romans chapter 8, verses 28 through 30. Please rise for the reading of the word of God. Romans chapter 8. Beginning at verse 28. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. This is the word of God. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God will last forever. Amen. Please be seated. Let us pray for God's illumination of our text. Our Lord and God, give us your spirit. Increase our capacity to listen and learn from your word. Increase our love for you and the gospel message. Bless our listeners. We ask and we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. morning. Let us begin by introducing, or let me begin by introducing our message. Now, if you remember last week, the title of our message was the Acts of the Spirit of God. I expressed that in Romans chapter 8, verses 18 through 25, Paul describes a key aspect of the service of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit works on behalf of Christians. That is, those confessing Christians, the Holy Spirit is working on their behalf. I tried to support this with the following points. Point number one, because the Holy Spirit works on behalf of Christians, unbelievers, unbelieving sinners are cut off from God. Because the Holy Spirit works on behalf of Christians, Christians have eternal access before God. And finally, Christians, out of thankfulness to God, freely pray to God. They pray to him. They call on his name faithfully. The Bible tells us to pray without ceasing. And so this is what we do. Just as the, most of our trees that we, we see around us, especially in this household, we have an orange tree out there. and We have a lemon tree. The orange tree produces oranges. 
That's why we call it an orange tree. It's that simple. We got a lemon tree. It produces lemons. That's what a lemon tree does. And this is what Christians does. Oh, this is what Christians do, I should say. We pray to God. We lift up holy hands. And if you can imagine, this is all the time. Prayers are going up for the saints. Prayers are going up all the time before God. And this is pleasing unto God. Amen? Mm-hmm. Now that I have covered last week's material, let us cover today's material. Our topic is God's plan for sinful humanity. That is our topic. God's plan for sinful humanity. Today, as I have expressed earlier, the title of our message is The Divine Plan. Today I will explain that in Romans chapter 8, verses 28 through 30, Paul describes a key aspect of the plan of God. Because God has elected a sinful people. How will we fully understand all this? Well, we can start by looking at the following points. Or we will start by looking at the following points. Point number one. In point number one, we will see that because God has elected a sinful people, he has rejected some. That sounds familiar. I know. But the passage that we're in is very closely knit with the passage that we studied last week. So, but there's a few things that I need to continue to bring out. But that is definitely important. Um, In point number two, we'll see that because God has elected a sinful people... These have been saved by God. And point number three, we will see that because God has elected a sinful people, these out of thankfulness, out of thankfulness, glorify God. Amen? Now, let's continue. And uh, just real briefly, I'd like to lay before you the textual background, some textual background, pertinent thematic information. Now, the author, who's the author, children, of this letter that we just read? Paul. Good, Paul. And his office is an apostle. That's good. You remember that. That is, he is a messenger of Jesus Christ, chosen by the Lord himself. Amen? Amen. Therefore, this message should weigh heavily on our hearts. It's authoritative. This is not this is not something that just that I as speaker right now is, has just made up. It's founded on the word of God. Amen. Now, Paul states the theme of this letter earlier on. The theme of this letter is the gospel reveals how God puts people what? This is a test. The question. Not the question, it's the statement. Can you complete this statement? The gospel reveals how God puts people blank with himself. Right with himself, right? That's what this is all about. The gospel is about putting people right with, with God. 
You want to be right with God, don't you? Well, that's what the gospel is all about. It's about putting people right with God. It's important you understand this. Because if you don't get this, if you can't understand this, then chances are you're not going to understand the gospel. You're not going to understand most of the Bible even. From beginning to end, it's about God putting people right with himself. It's real simple, I know. A lot of people out there, I know even listeners I have right now are like, it's got to be more than that. (laughs) I was challenged with that not too long ago. It's got to be more than that. Well, it's not. God, first of all, is a triune God. That is that he has revealed himself in three persons. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But the Father, the Father, who is the chief creator of us all, created us with a purpose, with a plan. An eternal plan. A divine plan. Sounds familiar? Yes, very good. So we're thinking now, right? That's what, listen, that's what we need to do. We need to be thinking about what God, what God's chief motive for doing what he did throughout history. And this is what this Bible is all about. It proclaims a God who has acted throughout history. He has revealed himself. In certain ways. But it's all based upon his plan. And being that he is an eternal God. Eternal God. Not an internal. An eternal God. Just like you and I. Because we're created actually after what? His image. (laughs) A lot of people don't understand that. A lot of people think that God is created in our image. No, that's, that's wrong. We're created after his image. We're like him. He's not like us. So many times I have to correct myself. My father, who, God bless his soul, he's living now. I think to myself, man, my father's just like me. <laughs> Oh, wait, wait, hold on. No, I'm just like my father. Why? Because he came first. See how that works? It's the same way with God, the creator. Listen, God has no beginning and he has no end. God has no creator. God's standards for us It's based upon his nature. That is who he is. And that is, his nature is that he's a loving being. So loving is he that he he shared all that we have, all that we have, all that we are, all that you see. it's, It's from him to us. If you remember back in the Bible, in the beginning, in Genesis, it talks about this. In the beginning, God created the, what, children? Heavens and the earth. 
It could have, he, he, you know, why, ask yourself this question. Why did it start off in the beginning, God created man and woman? You ever ask yourself that question? Why he didn't do that? Well, if you really thought about it, the reason why he didn't do that, because if he had created man and woman without an earth, <laughs> things would probably been kind of rough for them, wouldn't it? <laughs> I know. Listen, I don't want to be. I don't want to be trying to talk down to anyone. I'm not, and I'm not. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to talk down to anyone, because you know. I listen. What I know is only based upon the Bible, but. This is what I want to encourage you to do is to think about these things. Because when you start thinking about these things, you start to listen, you start to uncover things about yourself and about God that are so important. And trust me, you'll be blessed by it. You'll be encouraged by it. At least I hope you will. Uh Oh, I've gone down a rabbit trail. Going too far. Got to go back. Let me get back. Let me rein this message back in. I'm still in the introduction. Why is that? I don't know. But you know what? I love it. Anyways, the recipients. Who are the recipients? Roman Jewish and non-Jewish converts. So just keep all this in mind. Again, this is the word of God. Now without further, further introduction, let us move on into the message of God. Let's begin with point number one. Point number one, because God has elected a sinful people, he has rejected some. He has rejected some. Let's open up our Bibles. Word. Let me hear you say, word. 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 We got to get in the word. Every now and then we need to get in the word. Because otherwise you start thinking, Mr. Dennis is making all this up. Mr. Dennis is not making this up. So just to prove it, Mr. Dennis is going to take you to Romans. <laughs> Chapter. Let me laugh. There are people listening to this all around the world. I know some of you are laughing because you know, you know me as daddy. Right? Daddy. <laughs> Not when I'm speaking the word of God. When I'm speaking the word of God, I'm speaking for God. So, yes, I'm rambling. Thank you. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm feeling. I'm feeling kind of. I just got this. I, I don't know. I just. I got. I got to share with you. I had a great time last night with my daughters. I had a great time, and I'm. I'm I don't know about you, but I'm. I'm just feeling good today. I'm feeling just. I'm feeling. Different. I guess I'm feeling refreshed. And so, you know, I'm just so thankful for what God is doing in our lives here in this household. And so I just want to share that with, with all our listeners as well. Anyways, Romans chapter 1. Let's go to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, beginning at uh, verse 18. I'll read, please. Uh, please listen. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godliness and wickedness of men who suppress, say suppress, suppress. 
the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them. Because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the mortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, say therefore, therefore, therefore God gave them over in their simple desires of their hearts to what? Sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worship and serve created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. This should sound familiar to many of us. This should. You see it every day. You see it all around us. We live in what many scholars call postmodern era. We live in a time where right is wrong. And the gospel has been turned upside down. What do I mean by that? That means that for some reason, many Churchgoers, I'm, I'm talking about churchgoers, have, 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 let me be very careful. I gotta be very careful how I word this because, you know, this is a very sensitive subject. But, I'm talking to churchgoers now. I'm talking to us. I'm talking to Christians. I want to begin by talking with Christians. Many of us have decided that the gospel means that it's all about me. It's about me saving myself. It's about me doing the right things, saying the right things, praying the right things in order to please God, in order to get into heaven. I'm here to tell you, it doesn't work that way. God does not work that way. And we will see that, I hope, as time goes on, as we complete this message. But, now let's back up a little bit. The reason why I brought this passage out primarily is to let you know that God has judged all of us. That's including Christians. We are judged by God. We have been judged by God. It is clear that we have been judged by God because, listen, we do things that are contrary to the nature of God. And that's what this, these passages are talking about. These are facts about what people do. 
And the reason why people do them is because God has basically turned them over, has allowed them to go their own way. Listen, the nature of man, the nature of humanity, according to the Bible, is that it's sinful. It is sinful. And guess what that means? That means that, guess, that means that we sin because that's just what we're made to do. I mean, that's what we're, that's our nature. We weren't made that way. Out of me, we're not created sinful. Matter of fact, they were created in righteousness. It was fully righteous before God. But something happened. And that was they rebelled against God. And when they rebelled against God, their natures changed along with it. And so, we, we sin. We're sinners because that's what we do. We sin. Remember earlier I talked about the orange tree that we have in our household here. We have an orange tree and it produces oranges every year. Because that's what it does. It's, it's just what it's supposed to do. It's the same way with simple humanity. We sin because of our fallen nature. And listen, the orange tree out there will not produce apples. It will not produce apples because in order for it to produce apples, it would have to change its nature. It would have to change itself. It's the same way with simple humanity. In order to be righteous before God, that is not sinful, we would have to change ourselves. The problem is we can't. We can't change ourselves. Because if we could, if we really truly could, guess what? There would be no more dying. There would be no more weeping. There would be no more crying. There would be no more sickness. There would be no more murdering. And all the things that every Sunday when we read the Ten Commandments, we would be doing those perfectly. And guess what? then there would be no need for Jesus Christ. There would be no need for a Messiah. Let's go over to Romans chapter 8, please. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. This is our passage for the day. And we know that all things, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him. Now, notice that. It says, God works for the good of those who love Him. What about those who don't love Him? Does it talk about it there? I'll answer that for you. No, it doesn't. You know why? Because those who do not love God, guess what? It's clear why they don't love God. It's because, for whatever reason, and only God knows this, God has passed them over. He has left them 
in their state of misery, in their state of hopelessness, in their state of sin. So they can't, and they won't. I'm just telling you what the scripture says, and that's what it says right there. That's basically, that's the implication here. God works for the good of those who love him. Not only does he work for the good of those who love him, but he also works for the good of those who have been called according to his purpose. And his plan, that purpose that they're talking about there is his purpose and his plan, which is eternal. That means it reflects who God is. God is eternal being. And these individuals who love God have been called. So, you know, we as Christians especially, we have nothing to boast about. Before others. It's, you know, we can't, there's no way we can ever boast that, you know what, I'm doing A, B, and C. This is why I am blessed. It don't work like that. You're blessed because God, out of the love in his heart. And I'm speaking, of, I'm, I'm using terms, I'm using terms that is describing a divine being. Remember, he's God. But this is how he has revealed himself in his word. He's out of, out of his good pleasure, his love for us. He has called us. There's nothing in us. Contrary to the belief, we're not all that. I'm talking about Christians now. Outside of the will of God. That is his purpose, his plan. We're not. Now, I know this may not, for many of us, be very encouraging, but I, I, I just, God has placed on my heart. We, we, need to, we need to get this back in focus. Because it's a big problem right now. And I see it every day. When I talk with church members, they read the Bible and they do what I call eisegesis instead of exegesis. They read into the text things that are not there. And it breaks my heart. It really, truly does. It breaks my heart. But you know what? They go out, but we're not for the grace of God. And I was like that at one time. I was reading things into the text that wasn't there because I was reading things in there because I wanted to, I wanted to hear that. I wanted to hear that. You know what? Because I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, there is a bit of good in me, naturally. I'm an overcomer. I've overcome this difficulty. I've, I've basically, I've, I've found a loophole, and I'm good at this, I'm sorry. God forgive me. I like finding loopholes, because when I find loopholes, that saves me money. And money, saving money, time, and all that stuff is important to me. But I have, I have, I've, I've come to the, to the end of the road. When it comes to the gospel of Jesus Christ, I have found that I am a wretch. I am a sinner. Matter of fact, I practice it every day. And even now, I still battle with it. Christians, we still battle with sin. So, because God has elected a sinful people, he has rejected some. It's clear. It's clear by 
our lifestyle. It's clear. It's very clear. When you look around us, all around us, whenever you read the newspapers, whenever you, you know, again, even when you talk with individuals, like I have, I've been talking with individuals. I, talk with, I try to talk with individuals as much as possible because I, I want to get a feel for what the people are thinking. And this is why, though, we have to keep in mind and remember that some have been rejected. And this is because all, according to the scriptures, Romans chapter 3, verse 23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All means all, not some, but all. And if it were not for the grace of God, we would still remain in our sins. Now to point number two. The grace of God. Because God has elected a sinful people, that is, a sinful people again, these have been saved by God. And I kind of touched on that even previously. Christians, those who are created in the image, after the image, I should say, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, have been saved by God. We call on God in the name of Jesus because we have been saved. We have been called out of. That's what called. That's what he's talking about here. If you remember back in Romans chapter 28, uh, all those who love him who have been called. That is the call. He's talking about the called. They have been called. We have been called. That means we have been in a real way, summoned. You know, that word summoned is a legal legal term. When you break the law, and that's what sinners do, they break the law, God's law. When you break the law, even in our society, and you get caught, you get caught by the authorities, you're found guilty of breaking the law, they summon you. They give you a ticket. And on that ticket, your name is on that ticket. And it tells you what you have to do. And depending on what kind of ticket, if it's a traffic ticket or you might be, you, you know, if it's, you know, depending on what the severity of the law, I mean, depending on the severity of what you've done, you have to go to court even. You have to appear in court. Personally, they give you a date, they give you a time when you have to appear. And if you don't appear, there will be consequences. They'll come after you. Are you with me now? Yeah. Well, it's the same way with the kingdom of heaven. In the kingdom of heaven, God is the judge. And he has declared us guilty. Of breaking his laws. Transgression. Transgressing his laws. And he has summoned us. That's what called means. He has summoned us. He has called us. To give an account. Of our lives. Before him. And we have been found guilty. And that's why, as Christians, 
Every day, whenever we read the word of God, it falls on our hearts. It reminds us. Because, you know, we find out real soon that we don't love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul, with all our strength. We don't. As much as we try, as much as we want to, we don't. We need a Savior. Amen? We need a Savior. And that Savior is Jesus Christ. Only Jesus Christ can save us from our sins. Only Jesus has perfectly obeyed all of God's law. Listen, the law was given to be obeyed. And if you don't obey the law, there will be consequences. Punishment. It's that simple. So, but for those who have been saved by God, and remember, we're, we're, I'm talking about Christians, we're, we've been saved out of sinful, we're a sinful people that has been saved. There are some sinful people that have not been saved. Those who have not been saved, we talked about it earlier, so we've got to keep this in focus. But those who have been saved, we have been united with Christ. We have been joined with Christ. What do I mean by that? I mean that, listen, God, when he sees you, for those who believe in Christ, when he sees you, he sees you in Christ. Because if he sees you any other kind of way that is outside of Christ, you'll be sinful. And guess what? You'll be condemned. God is a holy God. And he hates sin. And he, he has dealt with sin by sending his son who died on the cross. And all our sins were laid upon him. And he died. They died with him. So in a real way, that's what I mean by being united with Christ. When Christ died, we died. God's acceptance of his offering, of his sacrifice, was that he resurrected him from the dead. And listen, we too, being in Christ Jesus, we look forward to a day when we too, our bodies will be resurrected. We'll receive new bodies. Now listen, there has been a change in Christians. And that begins, but that has begun in the heart. Our heart desires so much to love the Lord our God with everything that we have. But we still carry around with us that old nature. And that old nature, the, the stench of it. The depravity of it, the depth of its, its nasty nature, it continues, you know, listen, the old nature is like, you know, the best picture I can give you, it would be like you carrying around with you every day a, a dead corpse. And after a while, that dead corpse, it's, 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 it's all this diseases that it, oh God, I'm just getting pictures right now of, I was watching, I was looking at um, this magazine, and it has some pictures of Haiti and, and, and people who have died because of the earthquake. And so many of them have died that no one's burying them. They can't bury them fast enough. So this picture I saw, you know, there's dead bodies piled up on top of one another, all in a pile, on the street. And people walking by. It's like, how can you, 
existed something like that even. But they have to. They don't have no choice. And they're walking around, they have masks on, you have to have masks on, all that kind of stuff. Because, listen, when the body starts to, when, you know, the, the stench and everything, it, it cling to your hair nose and, and you know, you, you can't even get it off unless you use certain chemicals just to cleanse it. Now, I've learned that from reading about it. But my point, I, I share that with you is because that's the same way with our old nature. That's why Christians, we still sin. But according to 1 John 1, 9, God, what? He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins when we confess them. It breaks my heart. But this, this is the condition of man. And the plan of God, though, has been revealed. And that is that he has saved us. Let's go on to point number three. And I hope you see this. Because God has elected a sinful people. And Christians, we are this, this sinful people. These, that is we, out of thankfulness, glorify God. How do we glorify God? We glorify God with our lives, our lives that he has given us. And it's very short for right now. But if you really think about it, Christians, we, we have eternal life now. That's life in Christ. And we have been given the Holy Spirit, which from day to day, continues to work on us, continues to transform us, to change us into the image and likeness of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's a day-by-day walk. Listen, and this is where you have to know thyself. You know, not only have you been called before God, but you know for those who are in Christ Jesus, I hope you know, that in this calling, you have been called to live a life like Christ. That's what Christians, the term Christian means. Christ-like, like Christ. And so when you read about, read about Jesus Christ in the Gospels, we have, we have an example of how we can live and we should live. But of course we know that because we're carrying around the old nature, there's going to be times where we can't. But one thing God has definitely given us where we can all the time, and that is we can, out of thankfulness, out of thankfulness, which has been placed in our hearts, that's the new nature, part of the new nature which God has placed within us. We can, out of thankfulness, glorify him, and that's by praying unto him without ceasing. Praying, confessing. That's part, part of praying is confessing your sins before God. Asking him for forgiveness. Asking him how you can get right with whomever you have sinned against. If you are a son or a daughter, you are to what? Honor your parents. Only you, listen, you have to, you have to take account for your own life. And, and, and as a Christian, if you're a son or a daughter, you should be praying, Lord God, how can I honor my mother? How can I honor my father? If you're a husband or a wife, as a wife, Lord God, how can I honor my husband? If you're a husband, Lord God, how can I honor, how can I honor my wife? And, and the list goes on. But this is where 
as a Christian, out of thankfulness, you want to try to find out what it is that you can do to glorify God. Here in this household, the reason why we assemble, assemble each, de- each Sunday is because the Lord God has placed it on its head, the heart of his head, that this is what we must do. This is scriptural to assemble, to be up under the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ, to sing songs and praises to one another, to encourage one another, to hug one another, to find out as a family how we can build up one another and help one another in this race, which is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And it's a day-by-day walk. But we're it. We're the body of Christ. And we as a body, we have to start. Listen, it's important. Eyeballs. We as a family have to become united. And begin to help one another, encourage one another. And not tear one another down, not be jealous toward one another. Because that's what glorified God. This will glorify God when we come together as a family and work together as a family and begin to encourage one another and to help one another out in, in our weaknesses. Amen? Amen? I hope you're with me on this. Pray for the perfect will of God right here in our home, in this household, so that we may glorify God. Put on a new attitude. As co-heirs with Christ, Christians naturally look for, look for the full manifestation of the day of the Lord Jesus. By faith, we are hopeful that there's coming a day. There's coming a day when our Lord Jesus will return. Are you ready? Will you be ready? Will you in that hour come before God with a broken heart? Renewed by the Holy Spirit? Or will you try to come and present to Him all the good things you've done that you think are deserving of receiving His favor? I want to warn you, because if you do that, what I just said, if you come before God thinking that because you're not like Hitler, or because you're not like whoever, that you deserve heaven, that you deserve God's favor, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. The only way to enter into God's favor, and Jesus says so himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes unto God the Father except by me. So you must be united with Christ. Christ is your only hope of salvation before God. Amen? Now let us close and let us keep in mind the following key points. Remember that according to point number one, because God has elected a sinful people, he has rejected some. 
Nothing to boast about, nothing to be glad about, but that's the clear fact of Scripture. And it has to be brought out. There go I, if it were not for the grace of God. There's nothing in me that's deserving of being received into his favor. That's what leads us into point number two. Because God has elected a sinful people. These have been saved by God. Praise God for salvation in Christ Jesus. Because God has elected a sinful people, these out of thankfulness glorify God. Out of thankfulness, we glorify God. We live our lives to glorify Him. We live our lives each day. Each day we wake up. Lord God, not my will be done, but Thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Does it sound familiar? I hope so. I hope so, Christians. I hope it sounds familiar. And I hope that this message has blessed your heart. Let us pray. Our Lord and God, thank you for giving us your spirit. Thank you for increasing our knowledge and love for you. Our Lord and God, thank you for enlightening us with this marvelous message from your written word. Bless our listeners. We ask and we pray in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Please rise for the doxology. Now to him who is able to strengthen you, and according to the divine revelation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, according to the mystery that was kept secret for a very long time, but has now been disclosed, and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations, according to the command of the eternal God to bring about obedience of faith, to the only wise God be glory and honor, both dominion and power, both now and forevermore. Amen. Please hug one another and enjoy the rest of the day.